Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Histories of the Unexpected. He's the famous historical adventurer, Dr Sam Willis. And he's Professor of Early Modern British History at Plymouth University. He's Professor James Daybell. And we are your hosts for Histories of the Unexpected. Each week we discuss a surprising subject oozing with unexpected historical significance. And this week it's a brilliant one. It's the scar. So, the scar for me is all about ritualised violence. It's all about male honour codes, the duelling scar. It's also about smallpox and female beauty, and it's also about slavery. Oh, very good. Well, for me, it's about 6th century Greek manuscripts and the Tower of London. So see if you can sort that out. Fantastic. (laughs) If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast and tell all of your friends. We're on Twitter. You can follow me at Dr Sam Willis. And you can follow me at James Daybell. We are proud to be part of the excellent History Hit Network, home of Dan Snow's History Hit and other great shows coming soon. And you can find out more about what we've got planned in the forthcoming months, show notes, video clips, photos of everything we do discuss and much much more at historyhit.com forward slash unexpected ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 25 of histories of the unexpected where we will be audio googling through history exploring the history of things that you didn't even know had a significant story to tell like the study the lamp or the eyeglass and we'll be following the links in our minds as we come across them explaining how simply everything has a history, and crucially, how those histories are linked in unexpected ways. Who knew, for example, Sam, that the history of badgers is all to do with the history of entertainment? Think Harry Hill Hmm. and turn left. What does that mean? I'm not quite sure where I'm going. (laughs) Or that the history of the quilt is all about female relationships, family bonding, writing, self-expression... And, of course, keeping warm at night. Oh, that's lovely. Well, the man sitting opposite me is the poet of prehistory. It's James Daybell. The poet of prehistory. Hello. And the man sitting opposite me is the father figure of the fact. It is Dr (laughs) Sam Willis. Together we will be piloting you on this uncharted and, frankly, highly dangerous flight into the past. Each week, one of us takes the lead. And this week, it's... The Scar. Your turn. My turn. Good. Right, where are we going with the scar, then? When you think of scars, what do you think of? Pain. Pain. Recovery. I think of identification, uniqueness. It's very rare that people have similar scars, isn't it? Yes. Those are unintentional scars. Mm. So they're unintentional scars that are to do with accident, surgery... What about intentional scars, scarification? Ah, yes. Well, that's a bit of a modern trend now, isn't it? People moving on from tattoos just to scarring themselves. But it has its own... It has its own own history. History. Does it not have something to do with skin colour? 
skin it, it can have something to do with skin color so on darker skin tattoos so on darker skin yeah. tattoos don't um, work no no but scars do as well yeah so yeah. there's an interesting geography to self-imposed scarring yeah. which i hadn't thought about there's before. a big sort of anthropological study on you know different parts of the world particularly in africa and the way in which scarification which can be done in all sorts of ways through cutting and branding and all sorts of ways had significant cultural meaning. Yeah. I suppose the type of scar, you can tell often, I suppose, what has caused a scar. Can you? The type of weapon that was used, the the type of... A bullet wound or a cut or something like that. And it's all to do with medicine as well, isn't it? Because you can see how well stitching people up. Yeah. I think there's also an important distinction to be drawn, as I was getting at, between intentional and unintentional scars. So scars, I suppose, that you want to hide away, which is all connected with a sense of self and and not wanting to show something that you see as as maybe disfiguring and a scar that you actually want to show. Yes. And that leads me to my first example. I've got a picture here. What have we got there? That's a 19th century photograph. Yep. It's a late 19th century photograph of a chap with a very distinctive little hat on. He has got a very large wound on his cheek. He is turning his left cheek uh, very much towards the camera so you can see that's a photograph of his scar as much as it is a portrait of the man. So it's about duelling scars. And what we have here is a photograph from late 19th century. It's dated roughly to 1896. It's a picture of a German student who was a member of a Dueling society. A what? A dueling society. A dueling society. A dueling society where you would literally fight each other. German universities. So you were, couldn't get enough of it, and you were kind of matched you literally up. couldn't get enough of it. And what it was like, about? Like, like Tinder for nineteenth-century t- <laughs> duelers. duelers. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically about male honour. So it's about military valour. In a sense, it's about showing your masculinity on your face. And one of my favourite characters. Figures from history, Otto von Bismarck, that wonderful Prussian, later German chancellor, the sort of unifier of Germany, an extraordinary figure. I remember reading in A.J.P. Taylor's biography of him, which I read as an undergraduate, one of the things that struck me was at university, Bismarck was a, a terrifying man. This is not the kind of person you'd want to be, you know, rooming next door to. He got into dozens of jewels. I mean, at one point... He had about six jewels on the go at once. Really? But I remember this one anecdote. <laughs> That's like the start of the Three Musketeers. It, it literally, he's getting, <laughs> he's just, he's just getting into trouble, and people feared him. But I remember this one anecdote about uh, his scar, and he'd been cut across the face. And instead of sort of, if that were me, I'd be doing all I could to sort of cover it up and, you know, putting on all sorts of unguents and creams to sort of get rid of it. But this, this man, he rubbed salt into the wound Ooh. to exacerbate it. So that later in life you would see that he had this scar. And he was, a, a, interestingly, he's a member of the, the landowning classes. He was a yunker. And this sort of militaristic tradition was something that was part and parcel of their, of their self-identity. So scars, it's almost like a battle wound of honour. Yeah. It's to do, the scar is all about male cultures of ritualised violence. That's good, but it's more than that, isn't it? It's all to do with stories. Where are you going with that? Well, if you've got a scar on your face, the immediate question is, how did you get it? Mm. 
Mm. You see, I mean, he could have had a terrible accident and fallen into his yeah. dishwasher. Yeah. Cut himself yeah. on his carving knife. But obviously, he's a pretty fearsome looking chap, and that's what it was. Yeah. So for me, the scars, actually, it's all to do with stories. If you think about visible scars, it's a very well-known device in fiction, films. Harry yeah. Potter, he's got uh, a scar. Or think about yes. the Joker. Yes. Those yes. are both scars with significant stories. Yes. So you see that, and then you actually say, well, crikey, what's going on? So baddies often have scars, yeah. very visible ones, yeah. because it oozes history. Yes. The scar itself is a physical manifestation of history. Something yes. has happened. Now, I'm going to go somewhere else with this in a minute, but this idea of the story of the scar is wonderful, because one of my favourite authors, James Allen McPherson, yeah. he wrote a short story called The Story of the Scar. So he's in the doctor's waiting room and he's got something wrong with his nose. And he's sitting next to someone who has the most extraordinary scar on their face. And he cannot contain himself from trying to find out what the story behind the scar was. But irrespective of how uncertain that person might have been about talking about their own personal history. It makes you realise that it's all to do with self-confidence as well, and it's all to do with being nosy. It's all to do with someone actually being able to front up and say, well, that was when I had the terrible accident, you know, 30 years ago. Maybe listen to this. The scar still fascinated me. It was a wicked black mark that ran from her brow down over her left eyelid, skirting her nose, but curving over and through both lips before ending almost exactly in the centre of her chin. The scar was thick and black and crisscrossed with a network of old stitch patterns as if some meticulous madman had first attempted to carve a perfect half circle in her flesh and then decided to embellish his handiwork. It was so grotesque a mark that one had the feeling it was the art of no human hand and could be peeled off like so much soiled putty. But this was a surgeon's office and the scar was real. It was as real as the honey blonde wig she wore, as real as her purple pantsuit. I studied her approvingly. Such women have a natural leaning toward the abstract expression of themselves. Their styles have private meanings, advertise secret distillations of their souls. Their figures and their disfigurations make meaningful statements. Subjectively, this woman was the true sister of the man who knows how to look while driving a purple Cadillac. <laughs> a great sentence. <laughs> Such craftsmen must be appreciated with subtlety if they are to be deciphered. I've never seen a scar quite like that one, I began, glancing at my watch. Any minute, Dr. Wayland would arrive and take off my bandages, removing me permanently from access to her sympathies. Then he says, mm. do you mind talking about what happened? And I love that. It's this, do you mind? Are you prepared to be able to talk about what happened? Which is the exact opposite of what you were talking about with your duelling scars. So it's wanting to, it's wanting to keep that scar hidden. It's being embarrassed about it. Or or just finding out which way they were turning. Now, the classic example of someone who was more than happy to talk about his wounds and scars was this chap. Ah, who have we got there? We have Horatio Nelson. Ah, Nelson, of course. Now, there's a wonderful example, Nelson. So this is an image of him wounded in the middle of the Battle of the Nile in 1798. He'd already lost his arm in a preceding battle at the year or so before. He'd already damaged his eye as well. And now he had this horrific wound to the head. He basically had a kind of a, a flap peeled of his scalp peeled off. He thought he was going to die. Some of his letters around this period are fascinating because he thinks back to when he was injured at the battle and how that affected him and his performance. Mm. But what's great about Nelson is that at another time in his life, so after this, he's sitting in his study and he writes a list of his wounds. 
Huh. Wounds received by Lord Nelson. This is written by Nelson in the third person, as if right. he's talking right. about someone else. Like, this guy's a legend, a massive ledge, as my son would say. <laughs> his eye in Corsica, his belly off Cape St Vincent, his arm at Tenerife, his head in Egypt. And then he adds, ruefully, tolerable for one war. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Isn't it wonderful? A cataloguing of scars. A cataloguing of scars. And he was great because he was a very small man, diminutive stature, mm. but he wore his scars as medals, very much like you were yeah, saying. He, yeah. he, it's about he became a legend because yeah. of his scars, yeah. and he knew that. What I love about this is this listing of different scars, and that made me think about something completely different. Hmm. So, OK, see where I'm going with this? Yes, go on. Here, I have a scar on my knee... Not sure if you can make it out. Ah, yes. Right. 1988. I, yes. Here, I've got another one. Yes. 1989. Right. I have, you can date your... Uh, God, I'm going to match you. I have scars on my stomach. Yep. That was 2004. What, what are the... Chicken pox? No, it was an operation. Ah, um, OK. I have chicken pox scars I as well. I have chicken pox. Two chicken pox scars here. <laughs> we are now lifting up shirts and showing we are. scars. We I are. Also have a, I also have a little scar here. Oh, do you have something taken off? No. Was it your second, uh, your no, second I, I used to say that it was... <laughs> I used to say that it was a duelling scar. Ah. I was actually fighting as a child with a bamboo cane right. and got cut here. Fascinating. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I'm tired, you can, you can oh, really? see it. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> well, an old war wound. So, my point here, this is brilliant. Your body carries yeah. these scars. Those scars can be dated. Each scar's got a story which you can choose to tell or not. But what I love about it is you don't just grow up. You're not the same person you are. You change and your body remembers that. Your body is past physical evidence of the life yeah. you have yeah. lived. And in that respect, your yeah. body's very much like a palimpsest. Ah. It's like you know, a document with multiple layers of writing on it. Yeah. You get those wonderful examples, don't you, of, of a letter written in the 13th century, yeah. but then when studied, you realise it's got the full text of a 6th century yeah. Greek yeah. work on it as well, and it's all to do with the study and what's underneath something. So, mm. yeah, it's the human body as something with multiple layers, different experiences of history, a physical, uh, an architectural version of it, something like the Tower of London, yeah. which has got a history that goes from the 11th century up to the 21st century. Yeah. Nothing exists as it is. Everything is somehow weathered. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Goodbye history. There you go. Levi Strauss described the body as a surface awaiting for the imprintation of culture, which is exactly that kind mm. of anthropologist. They've always got there before us. <laughs> All the time. Fantastic. I want to take this in a completely different direction. Right. The scar and female beauty. Right. And you'll see where I'm going with this in a moment. But if you think about it, for a long time, beauty has been a female commodity. Mm -hmm. It's been a female commodity that has been connected to courtship, to marriage, to love. You know, it's something to be prized. To take that away is to take away, you know, a genuinely female asset. If you think about the way in which prostitutes in the past had been punished, or the way in which, say, in more recent times, loan sharks in modern-day Scotland have punished women defaulting on loans. In modern days, they have what they describe as chubbed them, and in previous time, they've cut them on the face. Hmm. Because basically what you do is you take away, you know, a woman's beauty and her assets. So for me, the scar is connected to female beauty. And I want to take us back to... The court of Elizabeth I. Of course I do, I'm, I'm an Elizabethan specialist. I want us to take us back to very early in Elizabeth's reign. Early in Elizabeth's reign, you know, there's a lot of worry and concern about Elizabeth's survival. In about October 1562, she's not quite 30 yet, she's about 29 years old, she's at Hampton Court, she is ill. and She comes down with what they think is a cold and it turns out to be smallpox. Hmm. I don't know whether you've ever seen pictures of smallpox. Uh, Google smallpox, click images, and you will see the most horrific um, scabbing over. I'm doing that now. Of, oh, of wow. People. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty horrible. This is chickenpox tenfold, you yeah. know, even more. Imagine the horrific scarification that can exist. Here is a picture of somebody in the 1940s in the Good US. Good Lord, OK. Um, I mean, that, yes. You can imagine, if you've ever seen The Fantastic Four mm. and you've seen The Thing, yeah. it's basically The Thing's face. So utterly transformed. Utter, you, utterly yeah. transformed. You are covered in horrific scars. That is something that a woman would have absolutely terrified her. Yeah. And at a time when families were trying to arrange marriages, it utterly terrified. Mm -hmm. You know, for a queen to be scarred in this way, not only would it affect her personal vanity, but also it would affect the ability of her to be able to match dynastically. And we all know that Elizabeth never married. So and was she scarred by Elizabeth, more or less, she got away with it. Huh. But her lady-in-waiting, Lady Mary Sidney, was slightly less fortunate. And she was one of her, her sort of close women of the bedchamber, and she nursed her during this period and basically contracted it herself. Right. And we have a memoir of services from Sir Henry Sidney, her husband, Mary Sidney's husband, records the effect of nursing Elizabeth on his wife. When I went to New Haven, and I quote Le Havre, I left her a full fair lady, in mine eyes at least, the fairest. And when I returned, 
I found her as foul a lady as the smallpox could make her, which she did take by continual attendance of Her Majesty's most precious person, sick of the same disease, the scars of which, to her resolute discomfort, ever since hath done and doth remain in her face. So as she liveth, um, let him quote, like a night raven in the house, more to my charge than if we had boarded together as we did before that evil accident happened. Mm. Having been this sort of this public figure, it almost makes her reclusive, her embarrassed. It's, it's interesting it had that effect, even though it was a very yeah. common thing to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's, for me, is interesting and yeah. surprising. I suppose it would depend on the level of scarring. I, I did Google photographs of people that were recovered from smallpox and the level of scarring can vary. You think about somebody who's had bad acne mm. and you can see a sort of pock marking on their face. And it can also be like the photo that I just showed you. It can be quite horrific. And well, I imagine this is a pretty bad case. Yes, it's a common problem in the 1590s and yep. it had and been through, a common problem for yep. centuries and yes, it would continue absolutely. to be. Absolutely. So I'm going to take that and then twist that. OK, twist away. So away from the common problems to a kind of a sudden schism, chasm, break in history where suddenly people have scars like you have never seen before, ever, and like no one else had ever seen before. OK. Have a look at this. Now look at this picture first. What is that? Now, they are either plaster casts of faces or they are decapitated heads. Right, OK. So they are masks, full masks. face masks. OK. Of people. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, there are 18, 20 there. Right. And then underneath here, we have half masks of bits of people's faces. Right. So would this be, you know, rather like the Phantom of the Opera, the sort of mask that somebody would have worn? Very good. So have a look yeah. at this one here. Yeah. You've got a nose, yeah. a, a big moustache, uh, a mouth, and it goes up to the cheekbones and a chin. Mm. And then if you have a look at here, ah, you see it put on. Yes. This is all about coping with facial disfigurement during the First World War. Yeah, yeah. So you have new weapons, you've got new technology generally in terms of tanks and warships, and suddenly people were getting disfigured yeah. in grotesque new ways. Yeah. There was a major problem in coping with it. It was the birth of modern plastic surgery. Now, the chap that was the real hero behind this was him. Here he is presenting a man with a... That's a real Phantom of the Opera yeah, yeah, mask, yeah. actually. This is a mask of this injured chap's own face. This guy's Francis Derwent Wood. He's a sculptor. Right. OK, so he made masks based on portraits, yeah. photographic portraits taken of people before they were injured. Essentially recreated new versions of them in very, yeah. very thin metal. Mm. But he was a sculptor. And right. so here we have this fascinating link between medicine... And art, yeah, which I yeah. find utterly absorbing. Thousands of people suffered disfigurement in the trenches or whether yeah. they were fighting yeah. at sea. Burns were a real problem. And that's all to do with the medical history of how they dealt with burns. Yes. If you read the diaries of First World War sailors particularly, they, they had a real problem with schools, mm. with um, mm. high-pressured steam in steam pipes, which were then fractured yeah. in battle, and people were having their flesh just sort of peeling off them. And the way that they dealt with burns, very deep burns, radically changed. Mm. They had this mixture of olive oil and a certain type of acid. And the problem with this is that the bandages dried out, and when they were removed, it made the wound even worse. Mm. And sailors write about their utter terror of having 
their bandages changed in a completely oh, different yeah. way yeah. to which they write about the anticipation of battle. Yeah. It's like they were prepared to risk anything as they went into battle, but once that was all done and they had to sit there in anticipation of having yeah. those bandages yeah. changed, yeah. you have a very marked difference in courage, yeah. essentially. It makes me think of a very, very poignant period in my own growing up was the Falklands War yeah. and the bravery of somebody like Simon West. Oh, yes, one very, of the most famous scarred people yeah, in English history. Yeah, yeah, very much the sort of public face of that war and the horrors, the hardships of it. Mm. You know, wonderful. Absolutely fantastic. Can I take this another way? You can, absolutely. OK. I have for you here that picture. Oh, I've seen that before. Yeah. Quite recently, actually. Um, yeah. sorry, I think where this is the photograph of a black slave and it's a photograph of his yep. scarred back and it's yep. deeply deeply shocking so the scars are huge quarter of an inch high raised yep. knitted flesh and it crisscrosses all over his back in the lattice work absolutely terrible i mean these are the scars of the slave owner's whip mm -hmm. and this is a very 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 famous enslaved african-american known as gordon or whipped peter who escaped from his Louisiana plantation in, ooh, sort of mid, sort of 1860s, 1863. And he gained his freedom, ran away to the Union camp in near Baton Rouge. And then afterwards, they took photographs of him. And he was used as an example by the abolitionists of the atrocities mm -hmm. of slavery, literally the sort of, you know, the tracks on his back. And I've got a quotation here from during his examination. Ten days from today I left the plantation. Overseer Arteu Carrier whipped me. I was two months in bed sore from the whipping. My master come after I was whipped. He discharged the overseer. My master was not present. I don't remember the whipping. I was two months in bed sore and my sense began to come. I was sort of crazy. I tried to shoot everybody. They said so. I did not know. I did not know that I had attempted to shoot everyone. They told me so. I burned up all my clothes, but I don't remember that. I never was this way crazy before. I don't know what made me come that way crazy. My master come after I was whipped, saw me in bed. He discharged the overseer. They told me I attempted to shoot my wife, the first one. I did not shoot anyone. I did not harm anyone. My master's captain, John Lyon, cotton planter um, of near Washington, Louisiana, whipped two months before Christmas. I mean, obviously, you know, this is the examination of him. Obviously, there's a sort of a layers of lies and misinformation that he's been fed. But, but, you know, what's interesting about this is it becomes sort of fame infamous. It's circulated, it's written about, postcards are made of it to be sent around. It's the history of slavery you know, I suppose scarred on this man's yeah, written, back. Yeah, written on his back yeah. and, and encapsulated yeah. and then you Inscribed on his back. Used as a, as a very, very potent yeah. tool yeah. for... The horrors of slavery. Yeah. yeah. So where have we gone? Well, we've gone from Nelson to the First World War to uh, my body when I fell over and hurt my knee when I was 10. To duelling. Your duelling scar. My duelling scar. <laughs> to Otto von Bismarck. Who sounds like a lunatic. Lunatic, but also wonderful, great. I mean, the man would work at such a pitch of intensity 
and then would have to sort of retire to his country estate for weeks on end <laughs> really? to, to just recover. I mean, mm. an extraordinary figure. All the way to slavery, female beauty and scarification yes. and the wonders of anthropology. Yes, um, I hugely enjoyed that one. Um, thank you very much for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, get in touch with images of scars in history. Tell us the story of your scars and how those scars have changed you. I think that would be fascinating. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoy this podcast and you like learning about the past, check out my latest venture. It's called History Masterclass, and it's a new type of historical event where you can actually learn in person from the best historians around today in unique and stunning historical locations. You can find out more at thehistorymasterclass.com and follow on Facebook and Twitter at thehistorymc.